0: I am your Mrs. Claus, hostess with the mostess, Michael Munoz, and welcome to In Yo Mouth. Ah.
1: In. I'm
0: the queen of food, who's always in the mood Sheep. to lick it right, lick it good. Show you how to. Oh push. God, that's good. I wanna know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey, I'm coming. Yo, the Hey there, and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the mostest, Munoz, and da 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 da. Where are my background singers? <laughs> Well, folks, we have made it. We have made it. We are here. It is Christmas week. For those of you that celebrate Christmas out there, Hanukkah has come and gone. I think Kwanzaa has come and gone as well. And uh, I don't really know much about any other holidays. But if you're celebrating out there, happy holidays to you. And if it's Christmas for you, I hope your Christmas shopping is done. You know, your boy Munoz, your girl Munoz has been out there Elfing Up a Storm, as you all know, promoting the Dear Santa documentary. And if you haven't seen it, go out there and see it. I have a quick four minutes in it. If you blink, you'll miss me. Uh, but it's not about me. It's like the holiday documentary we need this season. It's so beautifully done and so heartwarming. Break out the tissues. Go to um, Watch it on all streaming platforms. It is everything. Uh, your girl Munoz also has a local gift guide for those of you that live here in Manhattan. If you go to west42ndstreet.com for those last minute shopping needs. And I know some of you queens out there have not been shopping, right? Have not gotten your shopping done, I should say. Other than that, um, your girl Munoz also has some merch now. And it's really cute. Go to Munoz.com forward slash Mouth merch. You'll find all of that there. And that's all the news, really, I have for you today. I'm just so excited to take a break and to just, you know, relax with my mom, have some coquito, right, in Brooklyn. New York is all snowy and beautiful, or I should say gray slush and beautiful. I love the snow in New York. Fight me. I don't give a fuck, But moving right along, I am so excited for today's guest, y'all. Break out the poppers and lube because you all are not ready. Please join us <laughs> in welcoming as he fixes his eyebrows as if we're watching <laughs> the one, the only, Arnold Minn to say hi girls. Hey
1: girls, hey everyone. <laughs> What's
0: up? You look this gorgeous. Thing? You look gorgeous.
1: Cut it out. I'm just trying to make sure my, my skin looks tight for radio, right? That's what I'm making sure it's
0: That's a, Listen, a, it's okay. you know what they say <laughs> beige, beige don't age, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and brown don't frown.
1: Right? <laughs> listen, it it's it like
0: tight. eight days till the end of the year and 13 days till I'm 40 and touch all this skin. Oh, honey. yeah. Touch all Thank of you. It.
1: Hello. Right? treating you well. Life is treating you right. Yes, honey, but before we
0: go anywhere else in the grand tradition of In Yo Mouth, I need to wish you happy Pfeffernus Day. Oh. (laughs)
1: Okay, thank you. (laughs) To you too. Well, thank you. I... I don't know what that is. Am I, am I, am I, yeah.
0: Well, a Pfeffernus, if you didn't know, are tiny spice cookies popular as a holiday treat in Germany, Denmark, and the Netherlands, as well as among ethnic Mennonites in North America. I didn't know that there was such a thing as ethnic Mennonites, but I guess, I guess if horns can be French and, mm. and flies can be Spanish, right? <laughs> Did you catch that Golden Girls mm-hmm. quote? No. <laughs>
1: so they are. Called- oh my gosh! I feel like I'm the ultimate gay test right now.
0: Yes, I. I- I'm. A- I'm a golden girls queen and you with that palm uh, those palm leaf curtains back there, those banana yeah. leaf curtains are giving me yeah. all the Blanche
1: Deborah yeah. vibes.
0: Yeah, so it's like a it's a it's like a Christmas or a holiday spice cookie.
1: Okay. I like it spicy like that. It's fun. Delicious. Yes. So it's it's
0: Pfeffernous Day. Pfeffernous.
1: Um, for it actually, for it a, yeah. Go ahead. Is it an actual is it an actual day? Like is yeah. it like a day to make to make these cookies. Uh, I mean, if you, if you feel like (laughs) it, (laughs) if you got, if you got that Stephanu's itch. Right. I actually, I have the gingerbread house itch this morning. I woke up at like, I don't know why I'm still on East coast time or a central time, but I'm in Palm Springs right now. And I woke up this morning at three in the morning, Googling how to, or Amazoning, Googling how to find gingerbread houses to arrive to the house today. So I had something to do.
0: Oh, so just to build them, but not to bake them.
1: Oh, I'm not going to do that. I have an eight-year-old little girl that I'm going to have over for the weekend with like her mom and family. So like, you know, I no, we're not going to bake. Them. Yeah. We're just going to decorate. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> um, we're not even to food news update yet. But did you see that person that made a gingerbread house replica of the Home Alone house top to bottom? Oh,
1: that's rad. Yeah. Cool. It, took,
0: it took something like 300 hours or something. Yeah. And it's a complete oh. replica of the it's house.
1: That's called COVID crafts. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like quarant- quarantine crafting right there.
0: Listen, we've learned a lot during this quarantine, especially uh, or obviously how to make a gingerbread home alone house. <laughs>
1: exactly. Shout that's out to ta- you. Yeah, that's your one takeaway. Special skill: I made a gingerbread home alone house.
0: Yeah. Shout out to you, crafty lumberjacks. And moving right along to this day in gay history. Did you know in 1777, Tsar Alexander I of Russia was born? Alexander's Russia is the backdrop for Tolstoy's War and Peace, and it's a complicated period in European history. Basically, Alexander may be seen as the emperor of Russia who formed the coalition that defeated Napoleon. Napoleon allegedly called Alexander the slyest and handsomest of all the Greeks.
1: Yeah. Come on. All right. What, else, what I, else is happening? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, how did he defeat him? He like tore right. him up in the, all the right ways. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> Alexandra got a swipe right, girl. She got it. Yes. <laughs>
0: in those high-waisted pantaloons yeah. and that powdered wig, honey.
1: I bet she was in heel too, right? That was a thing. She was in full-on stilettos.
0: Oh, yes, it was. Yes, it was a thing. She was in a Spanish heel by this painting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a Spanish heel and a, and a Victorian jockstrap or something. Oh, yeah,
1: that she was ready. Plumes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I, I loved that little bit of gay history, but I but I really want to move along and get to the meat of this. For those of you that don't know or may not know, and I'm sure a lot of you do know, Arnold Mint is not only a former figure skater, but he is also a chef, a restaurateur, mixologist, and consultant that has been featured in publications such as GQ. Eater, USA Today, and Epicurious. Hold on, y'all, because I'm about to drop all the names in 2.2 seconds now. (laughs) He has also competed on Top Chef and Next Food Network Star Season 11 and has also appeared on such shows as Eat and Eat, uh, Chop Jr., Log On and Eat, food makes me happy just to name a few. Uh, He was even the guest bartender on Watch What Happens Live, so you should be really comfortable here, Arnold, because people have called me the Andy Cohen of (laughs) food.
1: Yes, (laughs) yum. This restaurant...
0: His restaurants include PM Nashville, Boulevard Bistro, or do we call it BLVD Bistro? We'll get to that. Uh, Show Pony Wine. But my most favorite thing about Arnold is that he ha- also has an alter ego named Susie Wong, who is also killing it in the game and even has her own restaurant in Tennessee called Susie Wong's House of Yum, which for some reason, um, as I was diving deep into you, getting to know you via the interwebs, I kept calling Susie, Wong, Susie Wong's International House of Pancake.
1: <laughs> Yum! Yeah, that should be a thing. I would love
0: that. Right? Yes. It's your next venture. Take it. I give it to you. I love it.
1: It'd be SW IHOP. Uh, Susie Wong SW, yeah. Sisters with IHOP. Swi hop. Swi hop.
0: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm obsessed, Arnold. I'm obsessed. And I want to know, and I'm sure the audience wants to know. I mean, how do you do it all? Uh, or how did you even do it all? Uh, I mean, all of this at age 23 at that.
1: I mean, that is my that's how much. Yeah, that's uh, that's very kind of you. I'm actually almost double that age, but uh, <laughs> not really. Well, not really. That's Math is hard. I'm Asian. And I can't do it. Yeah, I'm not quite 26. I'm a little older. But um, yeah, I have a great great team. I mean, I was born in the business. So, you know, how, how child stars in Hollywood kind of get their start, a lot of them have parents that have influenced them that are either behind the scenes or on camera and they kind of take their footsteps. My mom was a chef and restaurateur. So I was literally raised in the restaurant business. So their, their first restaurant opened um, in 1975 and I came along a few years later. So I had a bassinet in the front of the restaurant. I ran around. I ended up in roller skate. I ended up doing shows for all the guests. You know, I actually created Drag Brunch at the age of seven. I guess. <laughs> 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 um, so I'm the inventor of Drag Brunch. I'll take that claim for now. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, but I was really raised in the industry. So I fell in love with food, and then it just kind of you know culminated into my mother wanting to help me out as much as possible, and her basically setting me up for success. So, you know, you writing on her coattails, per se.
0: I love so, that. I yeah. love, yeah. I absolutely love all of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> and shout out, once again, I, I've been saying it a lot lately. Shout out to all the moms out there, you know, who love their gay sons and, you know, Uplift. Uh, shout out to all the moms out there who take other people's gay sons under their wing, whether their family loves them or doesn't love them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean... <laughs> Mom, moms, yeah. moms and the women out there who take care of us as gay men are essential, are, yes. yeah, are yeah. like the original essential worker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Let's just, totally.
0: Let's just say, what kind of restaurant did your mom own and where was it?
1: Yeah, it was, it's in, it was in Nashville and it was, um, an interna- it was called International Market and Restaurant. So when you said I IHOP, <laughs> it was kind of funny, but it was called International Market and Restaurant and it was the first Asian market in Nashville and they actually introduced Thai food and Asian cuisine to the community, um, and it was open for forty-four years. So we sold the building about two years ago, and now it's a huge performing arts center, which I think is so fitting because she loved everything on stage. So for that to be replaced, it is in its place is really awesome. My restaurants basically have a, um are right across the street from where her restaurant was, and our family has basically a whole like strip of establishments in one area in Nashville. So that's.
0: That's yeah. incredible. I love I love me some Nashville, and it's <laughs> been a minute since I've been a little Hattie B's hot chicken or, mm-hmm. uh, oh my God, the barbecue of it
1: all. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that, well, that's also the misconception. Barbecue is more Memphis, and we are more fra- We are more deep fried folk in Nashville. So we're the hot chicken, hot fish, hot tenders, and wings. And if you really want to go to barbecue, you need to hit it, You need to hit uh, Memphis.
0: Oh, oh, all right. School me. School me all all the way. You're (laughs) like, you're like, not on my watch. Not in my South.
1: (laughs) It's like going to China to find the number one egg roll. You know, it's probably not going to happen. It's like, I think there's a, Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, that's that's incredible. And what's even more incredible, and I'm always preaching this on the pod, you know, LGBTQ people in food, especially when I started this solo adventure on this podcast, are hard enough to find. But LGBTQ people of color in food, like, that's a whole nother layer of just, you know, like, in the shadows, um, for lack of a better term, right? Not mm-hmm. really easy to find. And what is that experience like for you, especially being a restaurateur in Nashville?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting? I was raised in a very cool bubble. I'm in Nashville, not, and I don't consider Nashville to be part of the South that Tennessee is. Like, if you mm-hmm. look at the if you look at the election and you see where the blues and the reds lay. You know, we're the one little lone blue of all of, uh, surrounded by a frame of red. So like my, and especially I lived, I, I worked in an industry and lived in a neighborhood that was very music entertainment based and driven. So everybody there has either come from music industry, entertainment, you know, we've got country stars from Australia. We've got rock stars recording down the street. William Morris is my neighbor. So or the, the office is my neighbor. So um, it's like my, my reality was a little bit different, not, not protected, but it's just different. And then I went to predominantly all Jewish school. So I was different anyways, you know? So um, I didn't really see, I think it's more interesting now as an adult being out in California, seeing how my life would have been different if everybody did look like me and was like me, as opposed to not me being the one that did not look like everybody else. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. A little bit.
1: So, So for me, the bubble wasn't, I mean, my bubble was kind of delusional in a good way, I guess, but also my mom was really hip in the scene being a progressive, edgy woman. My dad was this really hippy-dippy professor, like, scholar, you know, with big curly hair and a mustache. And so, like, he'd go to work being all, like, cool and GQ, and she was this little, small spitfire that could handle all of the old conservative dudes in the industry, and she just really made her mark. So for me, I was already on this, like, different um, trajectory of not being normal just because of my mother's influences. And so that kind of kept me in... uh, just allowing me to be just like, you know, open and do what I did. So I never really felt limitations in that way. And also the product that we were producing was unlike anybody else's, i.e. fried chicken or barbecue. So like we were kind of untouchables in the fact that we were serving dumplings next to their mac and cheese, you know, so it's not, I think it's more for me in the product as, as opposed to the adversity of my aesthetic or my background.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that's really, really incredible and so beautiful to see. Um, you know, you shining, you shining mm-hmm. as, you know, mm-hmm. this person, this LGBTQ person of color in food. And then, when did the trajectory of television, <laughs> you know, uh, fame start for you? Like, so you have uh, which came for? It's almost like which came first, the chicken or the egg? Here, right,
1: mm-hmm. right. right. <laughs> um. Well, as a child, I was always one that loved being on stage and I was the one thing that I think um I was my mother was living through me a little bit. She wasn't a stage mom by any means. She wanted me to do my own thing, but my dad would always take me. You know, I think my first audition I was like I was 5 or something, you know, just cuz I looked different and it was Nashville, so like I would always get a part or a role or get a, put on a catalog or a local commercial because I was that little Boy of color that could fill this little niche that they needed to have for variety. Yeah. So I got caught, I caught that bug really fast. I loved it. And then I competed in skating. Um, so I loved competition. So when I discovered food competition shows that had just recently come out, there weren't so many as there are now, but back in the day there were you know the heavy hitters. There was what Project Runway, Top Model, American Idol, and I think Top Chef. I can't sing. I'm not not tall, you know. So I figured I'd go the food route, which was my comfort anyways. So um, I was like, yeah, let me compete. I'll do that. And when I got that in my system, I was like, oh, now I can combine my voice from my childhood with my profession now. And it actually is a viable source of income and do Like you could actually have success in it. Yeah. So that's kind of where it's stuck. And now I just, I mean. And now now look at you. You can't
0: turn on the TV without seeing that (laughs) Fache. I
1: wish. Oh my gosh. I wish. What channel are you watching? I need need to subscribe. (laughs) Your
0: your, your dirty Twitter, obviously. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The listeners must be
0: uh, must be think I am obsessed with dirty Twitter, which I am a little obsessed with dirty Twitter because it's the most ridiculous thing I've <laughs> ever seen. Because <laughs> I'm forever talking about it. And I love that you brought up uh, America's Next Top Model because uh, one of the only things I learned in uh, quarantine or in lockdown was the booty tooch and how to smile is really good because I watched all 20, well, 22 out of the 25 cycles of America's Next Top really? getting to end.
1: Yeah, wow. I was like, why not? You know, you know what's so interesting? One of my really good friends that's come from all of this is actually Sutan Raja. Um, yeah, we we um, hit it off. The year that he won his season of Drag Race was the season that I was on Top Chef, and we met at a Vanderbilt Lambda LGBT event. And then ever since that, I mean, that was like ten years ago. I think we've been like best friends ever since. Like we talk every day. We hang out probably seven times, seven months out of the year. Yeah, I love
0: that. I love that. I met him a few times in Provincetown, and uh Raj is the sweetest. Just so kind, will stop us in the street and just be like, "Hey, how are you?" You know, just super, super nice. Um, shout out to you, Raja. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, he, um, he was he was supposed to be here with me right now, but I. Didn't go pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 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 he's in Koreatown. I got really frazzled. I've been doing this um, p- promo shoot for a line that I'm putting out soon, and I was like, "Chef of lingerie?" Stuff. Yes, kind of. But I mean, that'd be weird because it's for kids. But um oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was going to be like, "What does chef lingerie look like?"
1: <laughs> no, I, I I did a collaboration with a, with a, a with a fashion company or this brand in LA, and I and we pushed back shooting for a day. And we were supposed to come to Palm Springs two days ago, but he has to go shoot Toot and Boot tomorrow, so he didn't have time to come with me.
0: Oh, oh but I'm sure you're, so, like, Bianca Del Rio is right down the block from you.
1: And Willem's right there. Willem just oh. got a house literally two blocks down and to the right. Oh, my goodness. And right right there, and Bianca is that way.
0: Oh, my goodness. Oh, wait, we no. are
1: That way, that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are amongst... Uh, Drag queen royalty in your mouth, listeners, because you know we love a drag queen on the pod, and you are the second, the second drag queen that cooks, the third drag queen that cooks on, on in your mouth. I want to say the second. I can't remember there. So um, this year has been, I it has been a blessing with LGBTQ people
1: in food on this podcast. So, um, talk so to what about? What are we doing at home? We're sitting there watching podcast, listening to podcasts, watching Instagram stories and cooking. Oh,
0: yes, and seeing like, you know, uh naked thirst traps next to uh people's plants.
1: Yeah, all in a day, right? It's that's perfectly normal.
0: It's all in a day's work. Talk to me about Susie and where Susie came from and how she fits into this grand uh picture. Oh
1: yeah. Um Susie Wong was is the name of this restaurant that I opened called Suzy Wong's House of Yum. House of Pancakes, Yum. No Suzy Wong's House of Yum. Um and- You see what I mean? Oh, yes. Suzy Wong's House of Pancakes. Enjoy. Yeah it just feels it's, natural. <laughs> it does. I mean, it's, yeah, I love a good natural <laughs> pancake. Um, so uh, I opened this restaurant with these guys that own um, Play Dance Bar and Tribe in Nashville. It's a, they have one in Louisville as well. Pretty yes, large, love spot. them. Pretty awesome. Love them. Been um, there. Spark has, has launched many a uh, huge drag performer careers, um, but they had a space right next door that had an existing restaurant. And actually it came about the second time I auditioned for... Uh, um top chef and cameras were following me around getting my life story only to tell me on my birthday that I didn't make it on the show for whatever evil reason. But we had planned the champagne popping at tribe and play and we went next and I, and I would roll, there was, roll, there's no, there's no champagne popping. It's not going to happen. And I'm like in tears around people. Like I didn't make it. Why the hell would you do this? You know, kind of rude. Um, but then I opened the door to go hide and cry. And I saw this restaurant that was kind of closed. And I was like, well, things happen for a reason. A week later, I proposed to them this concept called Suzy Wong's House of Yum. And we started this project. And now here it is, like in its eighth, ninth year. But Suzy Wong is actually a novel. Um, called the, the world according to Susie Wong, and there was a movie with Nancy Kwan back in the day, the fierce Asian pearl cream lady. Do you remember her? Um, yeah. My <laughs>
0: grandmother would buy pearl cream. Pearl cream, yes. Pearl
1: cream, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Right? The, uh,
0: the magic pearl cream. Yeah. We always, I can smell it. Like you said, pearl cream, and I know yeah, exactly what it smells like. It's, it's on your um, phone.
1: You can smell it on the phone. You can, like. It's, oh yeah. my
0: God! Um and actually you can't see this but the, I have this uh my grandmother's wedding photo on my wall from 19 like 32 or something and so it's so funny that like you just said that and I'm looking at this and I'm smelling this you're giving me all like the sensations but pearl but pearl cream was like she had it in the house yes
1: yeah it was it was major I mean it was major. we should bring that pearl cream I- I, should, I should make a cocktail called Pearl Cream, um, um, but that'd be, yeah. Um, anyways.
0: <laughs> um, so that's, that's your merch Su- line. You need a, you that, need yeah, a shirt like, like, that like pearl emulates pearl. the Pearl Cream, right? But it uh, says that'd be so
1: fierce. I should do a vintage, I should do a remake of her. I could do a poster. Um, so anyways, yes. so Susie Wong um, was the name of the character in that novel called The World of Susie Wong, and she was a hooker from Hong Kong. The, the hooker with a heart of gold that basically lived that Miss Saigon all-American white man dream. She married this, or fell in love with this British writer, you know, whatever, whatever, and lived her very, um, to the, I mean, stereotypical Asian woman, white man kind of fantasy. Um, so my whole thought with this House of Yum is being of Thai descent, a yum-yum in Thai, the red light district is a so if you want to order Yum Yum, you get a BJ in from somebody. So I'm offering Suzy Wong's House of Yum, written by Epicurus, um, uh, uh, what is it called? A brothel of, Epicure- of Epicurean delights is what I was tagged. So like basically, we serve your oral pleasure at the restaurant.
0: Yeah, that was the
1: whole. That was the whole premise of Suzy Wong's house. Of yeah,
0: listen. And these days, so, at least, uh, I'm not one of those gays out there getting yum yums. <laughs> not, the not, not these days.
1: Not these days.
0: Right. Virtual yums. <laughs> yes, I don't. I don't need no coronavirus yum yums. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's, that's a, vir- a virtual yum is all we can do right now. But that's that's the premise of the restaurant. And then, as many a drag queen do, um, I debuted at play on Halloween to promote the restaurant and I was like well I'm going to be my version of Ronald McDonald for my brand and I became Suzy Wong
0: I love that yeah um, I love I love the the crossroads of where drag and food meet <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean because yeah, um, yeah. I talked to this I talked to um and forgive me, I'm forgetting their name right now, but uh, one of my former guests, uh, I talked to them about this too. Do you, do you think that there is a, a midsection of drag and food where, where they c- come together?
1: I definitely have a midsection where drag and food come <laughs> together. <laughs> it, depends, it depends on what kind of course that I've got on. Right now, it's not coming together very well. But, um, but there is, but the irony is this also, in my branding, I try to make it a point to say that Susie Wong doesn't really know how to cook. Like she's a delusional socialite that owns the restaurant, but Arnold's the one that gets down and dirty in the kitchen. Because honestly, when, once the nails and the wigs and the lashes come on, there's a lot at stake. I mean, your your wig could melt on your head, and, and the, or my my body could go up in flames with everything that's on me. Right. So, yeah. um, so Susie loves to be loves to cook a cocktail and tie a ribbon and make a table skate, But she probably will not be making you a roast anytime soon. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> but I do see I do see that now because. A lot of people in the vocations of like, you know, sport um, and cooking, you know, are quite fabulous and have a lot of flair. And now that drag has become so mainstream, it only, it's only another expression of how you're serving your fierce, you know, how to serve. Yeah. Your, yeah, another I- way.
0: Yes, I love that and you just gave me the title of this episode, How to Serve Your Fears. Yeah. Yeah. I love everything about that. And before I take you out into our favorite part of the podcast, right? Speaking of serving your fears, um can you talk to me and the audience about what was coming out was like for you?
1: Well, um my mother went into labor and then she had a C-section. <laughs>
0: and boom,
1: here I was. <laughs>
0: I always say, I always say that I came out with a top hat and cane, oh. singing "Hello, my baby, hello, my honey, baby. hello,
1: baby." I mean, she, my mother, um, when she went, when she passed away a couple years ago, she still had her glittered rainbow nail polish on and was, you know, full on smoky eye and lashed out and like chignon down. So, like that was never an issue for me and my family. My father treated me like this number one son that took me to Cub Scouts with my Barbie doll. Bought me a skateboard and built me a balance beam so I could do gymnastics, the girls' sports, because they wouldn't let me do it at school. So I was no—I ne- never had an issue um, when I competed at Miss Gay America. My parents were my number one fans. My dad designed my gowns. You know, like literally, like she—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're the best. Like they—that's so incredible. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah.
0: That's incredible, and I think it's. Really important for people to hear because everyone's coming out story is different, and our stories matter. And you, being who you are, and so fabulous and so beautiful, you know, um, it's just it's it's important for people to see us, you know, because I I mm-hmm. always say on the pod too that we're we're tangible people, and although you and I may like to think we're Beyonce sometimes, <laughs> 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 you know, we're a little bit more tangible, and so mm-hmm. we never know who's listening and for those people to see such a such a successful, beautiful mm. Thai person killing it in a lot of aspects in the game, I think is really, really important mm-hmm. and really important for people to hear.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, also, you know, I I definitely understand and hear a lot of people's struggles and their stories, but I don't think stories necessarily... When, when prompted a question like that, it doesn't necessarily have to go to a negative or dark place. You know, it's... Um, not every like, of course, art comes from pain. <laughs> a lot of beauty comes from different adversities, but also inspiration and motivation in the right way, and keeping keeping tabs on. It's really not mine. My parents really instilled all this to me. You know that little bit of like, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here today. Is really what's kind of ingrained in me as well. So even though they're not with me anymore, um, I still try to pay that forward every single day in their honor. So every, everything that I do is in their honor. Honestly, you know, it's like I become Susie Wong is a very elevated version of my mother a glamorous version of my mother for sure i love so, that yeah i
0: love that i don't make me cry on this oh, podcast I, too early. I haven't yet like two days before christmas <laughs> <laughs> greeting cards have two, all been
1: sent two days before christmas you already have, i already had my makeup done for the season i can't cry now
0: <laughs> no <laughs> no the tattoo hasn't finished scabbing up yet <laughs> And speaking of scabs, I think now is a great time to take Arnold to my favorite part and y'all's favorite part of this podcast—a little something we like to call Arnold Food News Update. Food. News update. Food up. news, honey. You ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. Food. News update. New Rice Krispie treats that are bigger than the originals are hitting shelves and feature more marshmallows. They are actually labeled Homestyle.
1: Yes. Okay, so um, where are, are you in New York? Did I, I am make, in New York. And, and but, back, when, but back when we could do um, movie theaters back in the day, do you have bars in your theaters, some of them? Are you um, yeah,
0: the, the really posh ones. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the not so posh ones here in LA have them as well. But they have what is called a regular standard pour and a home pour. And the home pour is to the rim. Like it's like as gluttonous as possible. Oh my god. Well, this
0: is this is why I picked this because I think it's really weird. Um Kellogg's rice krispies. Like there, this home-style version, and thank you, Delish.com, for all or most of my food news, I should say. This home-style version of this snack are said to taste more like you made them yourself. So, like, my question is, what chemicals are you putting in here? And, like, Rice Krispie treats are just marshmallows, butter, and Rice Krispie. So, like, what else was in there to begin with that didn't make it taste like I home? thought,
1: I, I mistook that in terms of size. Are they bigger?
0: Yeah, they're a little bigger, too, but it's okay. it's being touted as, like, taste more like you made them.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's all their mess-ups. It's all of their yeah. scraps on the floor they just threw into a, into <laughs> a clump. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah Homestyle Rice Krispies <laughs> will feature full marshmallow chunks throughout, similar to what happens when you make the dessert at home.
1: I think the factory's machine broke for a day. They didn't want to waste their product. And they're just just trying to be like, let's sell it for the holidays and make it a thing. I don't know. That sounds interesting. Like they make it at home. I mean, if if I made it at home, I need the whole tray on the sofa with me with crumbs in the sofa. Right. That's what I'm going to, you know, like comes with more crumbs to throw into your into your seating. Yeah, like,
0: uh, does, does it come with, like, the sticky fingers? Like, yeah. someone's random sticky finger.
1: Yeah, you get, like, the, you get the messy mixing bowl and everything and also, like, it just comes yeah. with do it. do you have it's to all... do
0: dishes afterwards? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the box just comes with, like, some sticky, like, dishes that have been left yeah. in the sink for a while. Exa- exactly. <laughs> just throw them in. Simulate. <laughs> you know, I love I love a Rice Krispie treat, you know, especially, um... An edible white, uh, white crispy rice crispy treat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like a California rice crispy. Oh, I told.
1: I know what you're talking about.
0: You know? Yeah. So exactly. I don't know. I just found it weird. It's kind of like uh, Campbell's soup, like Campbell's tomato soup. You go buy a can of Campbell's tomato soup, and you're and you think, oh, this is probably just like tomatoes and water, maybe some seasoning. No, it's like all this other crap in it. And they have another home style version, which has less crap in it but is more expensive. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was like, I don't, it doesn't like, my brain can't process why that <laughs> why Well, that I mean,
1: if we really want to dig into it, like the food science of it all, all of these preserved foods back in the day happened because of the depression or like um, just war. being- War, yeah. They so were designed to, for
0: the army, yeah. Uh,
1: right, so they had to figure out a way to chemically preserve all of this stuff but now, so that's the taste that we grew up on. All of these fake tasting things, right? That are processed, that aren't. That are, that are. It's kind of red. It has one tomato in a batch of twenty, but there's yeah. a lot of other great stuff in there to keep you full. But we we were raised on that, and that's why we look. As glamorous and beautiful as we do these days, um, like but uh, right. But with the new home improvements or the improvements home style, I get it because now we understand how to manufacture things differently, how to not how to put less stuff in. And even though we're used to a tomato soup that tastes fake, I don't know if people would go for. It. You know, it's the home style is more like without the chemicals. So maybe. Yeah. Maybe the marshmallows are a di- bit different, or the butter they're using is from a better Sp- cow. Smoking or-
0: like smoking like a true pageant queen, right? D- do you like smooth <laughs> that over? You're like, nope, not on my watch because I'm getting all the sponsorships. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> but maybe it's like a more organic butter, you know, maybe that's yeah. why it's better, or the marshmallows, a vegan one, not a horse hair tail one, you know, like not a yeah. horse, not blue. We're not eating blue.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? We're we're here for a rice Krispies treat always. I love and they it. will be they'll be here in 2021.
1: Do you, I love putting rice crispy treats on my adult dessert platters at the restaurant? We usually do like a chocolate soup or a chocolate fondue. Um and I do fortune cookies, candy ginger, and rice crispy treats to dip in there. Um wow. but I also love it with peanut sauce.
0: Oh, rice krispies treats and peanut with sauce? peanut
1: sauce. I love it. I like, guess it's like a savory, sweet kind of like. Mind fuck. I mean, it's really oh, kind of yeah. cool. The texture, it kind of crackles, and you have that savory, but it's spicy, and it's like, yeah, yeah, nah. yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And if it doesn't work, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: like my okay. my seat, like my basement just flooded.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're
0: here for you, Rice Krispie Streets, yeah. always and forever, Alyssa Edwards. <laughs> Popeyes chocolate stuffed beignets will now be available nationwide. Did you know Popeyes is uh, is st- or has started making chocolate uh, stuffed beignets?
1: Um, that sounds delicious. Actually, does it not? It sounds like I want to get a job with the creative with the R and D team of Popeyes because that's like you're sitting around like, how can we make a donut sound really posh? How can we sell fried dough and stuff it with chocolate? and make it sound like it works for the restaurant. And somebody's like, well, duh, call it a beignet. Pa-
0: yeah, because we're Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello.
1: I mean, Taco Bell should just jack that and make a stuffed churro. Yeah. It's the same thing. Be, it, I mean, God, it sounds so good. I love a good beignet.
0: Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's and it's coming because they announced that they were going to test it out back in October. But now they're going to start selling them everywhere. The beignets are fried dough filled with Hershey's chocolate that Mm -hmm. are then covered in an immense amount of powdered sugar. Mm -hmm. I mean, hello. But you know what my favorite part about this is? And I know we're zooming via your phone, so I don't know if you saw this photo I sent you. But Popeyes is also selling a sweatshirt in honor of this launch called the beignet camo. And it's basically a hoodie. That's a black hoodie that has like all this like White powder all over it. So what? Oh, sounds like my. Okay. <laughs> uh, so what? So whether you're eating multiple uh, beignets or you're doing lines of coke, like no one right. will be able to oh, tell so that silly. you have it all over you.
1: <laughs> it's also club wear. It's like you know, take it back to limelight. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I really want one of the yeah. one of the sweatshirts. So, Popeyes, if you're listening, because I don't do drugs like that, uh, but I do eat beignets. Yes. And last but not least, there is a map out there that just came out that shows people's favorite Christmas desserts by state. I saw and do you know what what the number one dessert was? Take a guess, because it'll bring us full circle to the beginning of this podcast. Oh
1: my god! Oh my god!
0: Some kind of a oh my like god! All of American dessert. So like, not all American for but Christmas. Like, yeah, for Christmas, holidays, for the holidays. The holidays. Right? Some kind of a cake, right? A cookie? Yes. You're you're getting warm. You're getting a, warm. A cookie,
1: a cookie of sorts. No, you said cake. A cake. Right. A, a fruit, warm. not a not a fruit cake. Obviously, i want to say that. What'd so you what call you- me? No, you know what I called you. You heard me. Yeah, um, I don't know a cake of some sort though. A cheesecake. A cheesecake. Br- wow, like right a, gold, a golden, girl, a golden, girl cheesecake.
0: Like we, we, we're full circle all wow. over again. Wow. Yeah. So, according to once again, delish this job hunting website named Zipia used Google Trends to determine American favorite Christmas desserts by state and The biggest one was cheesecake. The company selected over 40 classic Christmas desserts and looked at Google Trends to see which ones were searched for at a disproportionately high rate throughout the holidays in each state. Countrywide, the search volume for holiday fudge, peppermint bark, gingerbread desserts, and cheesecake skyrocketed.
1: You know, that's interesting because all of that, when you think of Thanksgiving, you you automatically go to, you could name off desserts instantly, right? Pumpkin pie, pecan pie. But you think of Chris or the holidays, let's say, or Christmas, I guess. Um, and desserts are just snacks. Desserts become like your new jalapeno potato chip, right? It's like every day, there's th- everywhere. So like, that's not a dessert to me. Those are snacks. You <laughs> but know, what's a dessert? Like, what's a dessert? There are about
0: like a hundred cookies in my apartment right now. Like, yeah. I just I can roll over in bed and reach over and grab a cookie because I live in 120 square feet in Times Square, so I can roll over <laughs> in bed. I can roll over in bed and do a lot of things. Right? Yeah, but uh, uh, like there's so many cookies in this apartment, and so I know so the feeling.
1: So that's not really a dessert, then. For me, like the cheesecake would be a dessert, but I don't even know. Like, like is one of those like what is it called a Bouche Noel that looks like a log?
0: Yeah, that, yes. that's a,
1: that like a like a jelly roll kind of like a rolled. Yeah, cake. Uh, he's talking Maybe about want, a Yule
0: log out uh, there. Yeah,
1: yeah, like it's like it looks like a tree with a stump, and they they paint it brown, and it's a long like it's, a, it's like a rolled up cream filled cake. That's yeah. one I think that's a holiday dessert. I always do coconut cakes, but I make them look like like homemade gourmet snowballs.
0: So oh, like I'll, I'll yeah. do like
1: I'll do like a cupcake flip it upside down, and it'll look like those hostess snowballs, but way more gourmand. Um, yeah, I love. But since but you're in
0: California. Uh, Mm -hmm. California was peppermint chocolate chip cookies. Okay. Yeah, whatever. With with
1: avocados on (laughs) top. With avocado toast on top.
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) And it has to be vegan. (laughs) Yeah. And and locally sourced peppermint. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) There's a bunch of pudding in the Middle States. Um, Yeah. Tennessee has pudding. Pudding. That
1: that tri- a trifle is always really fun too for a classic dessert. Uh, like layers yeah. of like you know, like the layers and layers like cake, chocolate, cream. Yeah, like a bitch you trifling. Yeah, you trifling, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> like that like no ambrosia salad for me though, right? None of that jello mayonnaise whipped cream stuff. i no, not doing that. No, but. no,
0: no. <laughs> oh my god. Going back to um Popeyes for a second. Um uh, are you a fan or have you tried Jolly
1: Actually, you know what's so funny? Where I live in Eagle Rock in, in L.A., I have a Jollibee right next door. Everything. I've had Jollibee. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Everything. Yeah. The inter- most interesting thing, though, is because it's a Filipino kind of mall that it's in, um, you know, they, I love that in the South, in Nashville, when you go to get fried chicken, um, veg- a veg- you get vegetables with this. Like, it's a meat and three. And spaghetti is considered a vegetable. It's the same as Jollibee. They have sides of spaghetti. You can get, so- like, a side of spaghetti is, like, your coleslaw. Yeah, but their like that, side of
0: spaghetti is that Jolly Bee Filipino spaghetti with spaghetti. Uh, that's made with, ke- with made ketchup. With ketchup.
1: Yeah, 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 and they also Absolutely. made this really weird thing that, I mean, it was gross to not not to me, but it could be for some. But just because of the demographic that I'm in, the area that I'm in, the poster was for a hot tuna pie, and but- it was <laughs> but it was a hot pocket. With like a tuna casserole
0: inside. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> kind of sounds delicious. Hot yeah. tuna, pie. hot tuna pie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's what it was called. I was like, maybe it reads better in Tagalog or something, but it didn't. It didn't come off quite right. Like Susie Wong's next a... <laughs> uh,
0: next uh, one woman show called Hot, hot Tuna, tuna pie. pie. Yeah,
1: no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> and with that, I think that's a great way to end. Food news update. <laughs> Do you celebrate the holidays? And if so, what's the plan? What are we doing? How are we doing?
1: I was always a family where we don't have banker's hours. That's what my mom would always say. We always work through the holidays. This is actually the first season that my sister and I are taking some time off in forever. And she's coming, she's on her way to Palm Springs tomorrow. to come hang out for to get for Christmas and stuff like that. So uh, we're just, we've just been really busy with the restaurants. I always, for me, the holidays are about paying it forward. This is again very pageanty, but it's true. I support a local organization in Nashville called Nashville Launchpad. They feed and shelter Nashville's LGBTQ homeless youth. And what I do is I give them meals um, once a week. And th- this year it's weird because of COVID. They don't have like a community center to stay in. So they're all in different, separate hotel rooms. So we deliver them custom meals based on their dietary specs. Um, and we just raise money that way. Normally, I'm always doing charity work during the season just, and just making my next plan. Um, when my family was around, we would do large gatherings at my house, but I've been kind of a gypsy lately. So it's hard. And normally on the day of, I kind of just sleep because it's the one day that everything's shut down and I have a moment to take a breath you know because as soon as the lights come on and the sun comes up and the first bird chirps i'm trying to make something happen so on a holiday i actually can chill out for a second um yeah yeah, that's
0: amazing um i love that you're giving back to the community Mm -hmm. um it's so important especially these days yeah Uh, that documentary that i mentioned in my intro is about a uh Program that I do every year uh, via the United States Postal Service called Operation Santa, where you can go and pick out letters uh, mm-hmm. from kids that like need things and whatnot and deliver you know play Santa Claus to these children yeah. in, in need and uh, the movie itself, the documentary itself just um yes it's about Christmas and it's about um, uh, these letters to Santa, but really it's it's about how we as a community gather around um, mm-hmm. and like really ri- rise up and rise to the occasion of helping each other yeah. and give back and mm-hmm. it, how the importance of, of giving back, especially mm-hmm. now during this whole fucking sure. thing that we've, yeah. that we've been going through, you know? So you it's know, really important. And it's really beautiful.
1: And I love, I love that the season sparks that reminder to all of us, but I actually told myself three years ago, let this be the last time I only do it during the holidays. Because so many people do do it. So I, I'm allowing myself to step back on big days. Like I don't need a soup kitchen on Thanksgiving. I don't need to go on the day of Christmas to go and give out something. So I made it a point to me and a promise to myself and the community that I would do it year round and find a reason to do it where I committed. So giving it, reaching out to the organization and being like, what do you need from me? And me committing on a weekly basis really keeps my schedule grounded. It's kind of cool because it keeps me distracted. If I'm out at the store, like at the, at the supermarket and I'm like, oh my gosh, these granola bars are, you know, three packs for one. And I have my grocery card, so I can get another discount. And it's vegan and gluten-free, because some of these queens are fussy. <laughs> you know? So yeah. I, so I was like, and I grab them. I feel like it's a reminder all week. I'm on, it's on my radar. It's always there. And it keep, kind of keeps me, you know, in a better place, too, and not too out there. Even though I did buy a giraffe lamp the other day. But, like, that, you know, that was after I bought a vegan cookie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is that the one that Facebook keeps uh, um, suggesting
1: to me? Are you getting
0: it, too? No, I live in 120 square feet. Where the hell am I going to put a giraffe No, no, I
1: mean, are you getting the the Facebook feeds, too? I thought it was just me because I tapped on it. So the vendor was in Beverly Hills. I got off the plane when I got here. I got to L.A. a couple days ago. And I um, found the vendor, and I went there. And it's actually a 14-foot one. And they had a table lamp version, so I got a table lamp just because I was obsessing about it and joking that I wanted it for my house. But I just had to do that for myself. I was like, you know what? I, you, I stopped the vendor. Like I went to the yes. showroom to be I, like, I, you, <laughs> the minute
0: I ever move out of here and I have high ceilings, that fourteen foot giraffe lamp is coming with me.
1: <laughs> it's insane. My, mine is um, a nice like mauve color, like a office, oh. a little, like, like a little la- lavender mauve, mauve, mauvy. Yeah, I love,
0: Yeah, I love, I love, I love. So before we close out really quick, uh, any quick tips for those that may be stressing out about cooking for their like little quarantine pod. Like if you had like one, that one overall, this is, this is how I handle the holidays when, you know, doing things. What would that be?
1: Yeah. This is, I love that question. I actually, you're the first one to ask me that this season for whatever reason. Um, I feel that the holidays, you put too much. Pre- people put too much pressure on themselves to do something out of their comfort zone, and try something new. And really, the time to shine isn't the time to try something new, right? You make what works, and people are going to love it so much more. I love when I go to somebody's house for dinner, and they're not trying to like copy something out of a book but they just make a nice vinaigrette with a salad. They roast a chicken because they know how. And that's way more enjoyable than sitting there with my friends watching everybody freak out, you know? So do what you know how to do. If you know how to pick up the phone, if you want to go onto to a, a delivery app and you have nice plates, make it work for yourself. And a lot of the tutorials that I've been doing lately on Zoom for these corporations, I'm t- I've been teaching how to do things where you don't really have to cook to cook. Like not, not, no cook cooking is your friend. One, because there's no mess Two, you're not yeah. going to burn the house down and you're not going to stress out. You know, like I taught how to make cheese balls or how to make an easy dip or something like that, you know, and, and you don't have to stress yourself out. This is the time to celebrate what you do, especially this year. Let's celebrate what we have, you know, and, exactly. don't, and don't, don't create more mess or stress in your life.
0: It's the Mrs. Doubtfire of it all. You know, yeah. that scene where she almost burns down the kitchen and then she orders from the nice restaurant yeah. and plates it up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and especially this is my plea to everybody out there this year. The restaurants, we need you. Like, we need you to use us. Please, you know, please use us. Let us do this for you. Like, you don't know how many times my friends that are out here in California that have family in Tennessee, they're like, hey, can you drop off a turkey if you're going to make one for yourself? Can you drop one off my mother? She just had surgery. And and one year I made 12 turkeys and I just did my rounds. Do you know what I mean? And we all desperately need the work. My chefs would love to make stuff for you guys because they're sitting there hoping to have a job. You yeah. know,
0: so why not? Yeah, and that's uh, that's that's really really important and um very great advice. Mm-hmm. Let the kids know um mm-hmm. where they can find you, where they can see you, how mm-hmm. they can slide into your DMs.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, my main source of promotions is uh Instagram. So it's Arnold Mint BNA and BNA is a national airport. Oh so okay. yeah, that. and Couple-
0: that's and that's mint with a Y. That's M Y. I-N-T.
1: Yeah, Arnold Mint um, B-N-A. I also have a website, ArnoldMint.com. I'm teaching cooking classes all through January. So if you guys really did biff the holidays and redemption, I am there for you during January. You can check me out on my website as well.
0: I love that. I love that. There's an uh, There's an OnlyFans, too, called Mint <laughs> Arnold.
1: <laughs> that's, a, that's a hint of Mint. That's a different kind of show. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, a hint. Uh, Onlyfans.com forward slash a hint of mint. (laughs) Come watch Arnold get fresh. I'll
1: serve something else there, but that's... Yes, yes, yes.
0: I love, I love, I love. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know you're so, so busy and I have been standing for quite some time now, so I'm like fangirling out that you. I'm sitting here with you and Now we've connected, and now you're part of, like, my real food army of the Internet. Yeah, I am the Andy Cohen of food, apparently. Right.
1: The gay harem.
0: Yes, (laughs) my gay harem. Um, You know, y'all out there, we are a couple days away from Christmas, so if you're celebrating, please celebrate safely out there. Wear a mask. Please don't go and, you know... Possibly kill your grandma just because you you just feel like you need to see her. Meanwhile, you've been running out around in these streets acting a fool. You know, we need we need our elders. We need our family. We need our friends. So make smart choices. Wear a mask. And if you're alone on during this holiday, do something for yourself. Reach out to somebody. I know we're all o- over this Zoom thing. But you know what? Sometimes you just need to, you know, go for a run. Take a walk you know buy something nice for yourself take a bath i don't know you are not alone out there so reach out reach out reach out and with that um happy holidays have safe holidays and as always thank you for listening to in yo man